Hey, this is Joshua. Hey, what's up? This is Dave. Hey, what's going on? This is Brandon. And this is Justin P. Lang, director of The Visitor. And you are now tuned into PBD Horror. Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to PVD Horror. We are joined here today with Justin P. Lang, who directed this new film, The Visitor, which uh, we enjoyed thoroughly and we are going to get right into talking about. But first, uh, let's get a little background on Justin. Bren, you want to take us off? Yeah. So, Justin, we all have this fun, crazy story on how we were introduced to the horror genre. Can you share your first experience of you in a horror film? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I actually got into horror pretty late uh, because I was a big wuss uh, growing up. I mean, I, I I grew up in kind of a, a, a stricter household, so we didn't really watch a lot of TV or movies that much. Um, but so any I think the first horror film I ever actually saw was at a friend's house okay. um, and it was Friday the 13th. And um, it scared the living shit out of me. Um, sorry, am I allowed to curse? Oh know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, and you know, and I just, I, I, uh, you know, had trouble sleeping, and uh, just was, you know, probably having all the Catholic guilt that I had uh, being brought up that way. I was also like scared that I, you know, would get in trouble for watching it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it, I had a very sort of active imagination and um, and I didn't really like being scared. And and so uh, I sort of, I think, closed that chapter off a bit to, uh, for me. Um, and then it wasn't until probably uh, film school um, that uh, a friend of mine had you know suggested that I watch the movie Let the Right One In, okay. um, and so I you know that that movie became sort of a gateway for me into horror. I watched it. I thought it was beautiful and scary all at the same time, and it was sort of like, oh wait, you know I'm I'm not completely uh, not allowed in this world or I don't have a, you know, like I can't have a part in this, in this, um, genre. Um, but I still was intimidated by it. Um, so it really wasn't until my last, uh, directing class in, in film school that the, I was sort of pushed into, into horror as a filmmaker anyway, not, you know? Okay. That's a cool little story. So, now you're just you're not known just for making films. This is a, a a little thing that I found online, but now is it true that you only wear red shoes? Like I need to know like the whole backstory <laughs> about that. Like how did this happen? Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> Much to my girlfriend's chagrin. Uh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um how did it start? I don't I, yeah, I mean it was uh, it was sort of around the, the time. So I was in my early, like, I, I think I was like late teens, early 20s. I just sort of dropped out of the first college I, I attended, actually, mm-hmm. um, because I had gone to, to uh, undergrad initially to be to work to be in politics. 
Um, and, uh, and so I went to school in DC and I just got really disillusioned with it. And that's when I wrote my first script. Um, and I had submitted it to this project green light thing. Um, and it ended up getting kind of far into that. Uh, and so then I was like, Oh, like, this is, this is something I can do. You know, I like this. And so I ended up dropping out of school and, and moving back, you know, Northeast. Um, and, uh, at that time I, you know, I guess I was going through a lot of changes where like, I just, I just, you know, done this huge shift in what I wanted to do with my life and, and left all my friends and left school and sort of, um, never really considered myself an artist in any way, shape or form, you know, and, and suddenly that was the thing I was going to pursue. And I think I was, and then around that same time, um, my, my grandmother passed away who I was very, very close with. And, uh, and so I think, um, there was just sort of some soul searching going on or something. And, and I went, uh, I, I just, you know, I was one of those guys that wore one pair of shoes until they died you know, and, and then I would wear another pair. And and so I went shoe shopping with my younger sister and she picked out these red Adidas, okay. uh, uh, sneakers and, um, and, and I would check the price and they were like 30 bucks. I was like, great. Um, <laughs> and I, and I started wearing them and it was sort of like, I'd always liked red and, and, and the color and it, was, it had always been my favorite color. And I, it was sort of subconscious, you know, I was, I'm very close with my sister. And mm-hmm. so it was sort of special that she initiated it. Um, and, but it wasn't really, I didn't realize it was a thing until I went to buy my next pair of shoes. And I was like, uh, I think I'm going to, you know, it, it sort of, I don't, I had identified with it. It sort of became something and then when, and then, you know, when I, I ended up finally graduating from college and uh, looking, start to try to work in film, I wasn't sure if I'd get a job. And I sort of made this pact with myself that uh, I would only take a job because I, I was nervous I, that I wouldn't be able to get a job in film. Um, but at that point, I considered myself a creative and, and, and I, and I'd sort of found my, my niche in the world, I thought. And so I said, you know, I'm going to, I need to find a job, but it, it can only be a job that'll allow me to wear red shoes every day. Um, and in that way, it sort of kept me, you know, it, I, I figured only a, a, a creative place would let, you know, let me do that. Yeah. Um, luckily I did end up getting a job in film and I, and I, and I sort of ran an indie film company for a few years. And so during that time I could wear whatever I wanted and, and it just became a thing. And it's been, I've been wearing red shoes for, 20 years now oh man man yeah, that's I, that's amazing there you go. <laughs> yeah, Josh Josh, like I, gotta you, I gotta tell you before the next question for the first time ever i got blue shoes oh, yeah. uh, i have to get specially made shoes and i i only get white shoes because they, they're the ones that i could get and this this year finally i got blue shoes ask these guys every day i was like hey guys i got blue shoes amazing <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I'm so happy I got blue shoes and now I ripped through the side of them. So I need there really you gotta, is. You gotta get more blue shoes. There really yeah. is only two jobs you can get with red shoes. It's like a creative job or Ronald Clown. McDonald. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I do have a pair of boots that I love that are really invoke the Ronald Ronald McDonald. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I don't care. I love them, so I wear them anyway. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's sort of a weird thing. And at this point, like my, my nieces and nephew just love it. You know, they're always, every time they see me, the first thing they do is look down. Um, (laughs) you know, there's, uh, yeah, I have tons of stories from the red shoes that just sort of, you know, have accumulated throughout the years, but, um, People, other people seem to enjoy it more than than I do at this point. So yeah, you're already right to use diaries. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. I don't want to disappoint anyone by giving up at this point. So that should be a next film, just uh, about red shoes, <laughs> killer with red shoes or something. Like that, you, know? <laughs> uh, you know, with three horror films under your belt, such as The Dark and The Seventh Day, and now The Visitor, what inspired mm-hmm. you to create these projects? Uh, well, they're really they're really pretty disparate you know different projects mm-hmm. um uh the dark you know i guess just going in order the dark um the genesis of that was like i said was 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 uh, sort of my entryway into horror um i as i said you know i'd, I'd gotten into let the right one in and then uh, yeah. but but you know even with having seen that film i through the first basically two years of film school i really considered myself a very sort of serious you know um i took myself very seriously i sort of was trying to make european aesthetic drama films um that were sort of i don't know i don't i don't know if they were bad or good but they just they were sort of alienating and i think people were like yeah you're you know my classmates were like i think it's good i don't really know what it is or what it means um and so it wasn't until i i went into my last directing class uh, sorry i went to columbia graduate film program um and i had this class with this teacher uh this prof- uh directing teacher eric mendelson and um he's sort of a big personality and a really uh really interesting teacher uh and he uh at the beginning of the of the semester he watched everybody's body of work or whatever the shorts and directing exercises we'd made throughout our time. And so the first day we came into class and he went around to everybody and he just went to me and he said, look, man, I don't know what this thing is that you're doing, um, you know, uh, but blow it up. He's like, do the furthest thing from what you, your instincts would tell you to do. (laughs) And I was like, ouch. Okay. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but I, uh, you know, sort of embraced it. He, he, he was, a lot of people really respected him as a, respect him as a teacher. I'm sure I think he's still there. Um, and so for me at that time, it was horror. Um, so I went off and I did this little, you know, three minute exercise for my first exercise for that class. And it was a, a horror thing. Um, <clears throat> And, uh, or my version of a horror thing anyway, because I didn't have a lot to go on. And I brought it into class and everybody just erupted about it. Like it was just like the most visceral reaction I'd ever had to something I'd made. Um, and I was just like, whoa, wait, wow, that, that's the relationship with the audience that you want. You don't want to stiff arm them, you know, you, you, no. you want to bring them in and, 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 um, and so I was hooked. I just said, oh, my God, you know. Um, so then the next step was, do I just do a deep dive into horror or do I just sort of continue to see what my version of horror is? Um, luckily, I didn't. I, my my choice was to to not do the deep dive. Um, 
But I think there was sort of a middle ground because that class was very intensive and we would spend hours and hours. He would, he, he would take movies and he'd break them down shot by shot. Mm. Um, and we'd be sitting there for five hours, you know, breaking a movie down. Um, and during that class, he, he taught, you know, he, we looked at Rosemary's Baby, we looked at uh, Jaws, we looked at Poltergeist. Okay. Um, you know, some of these movies that became some of my favorite films, um, just in the sense of being able to see how they were made. And, and I think that also allowed me um, to feel more comfortable in the genre, uh, just to see sort of, you know, uh, how it's made, you know, and, and, and get behind the scenes. And, and it made it slightly less terrifying for me. Um, and so I set out to make the, my, my thesis film was a sort of horror film and it was a short version tech it was more of a sketch of the of the dark um i i ultimately just said what said you know with my thesis film i'm gonna continue to explore to dip my toe into this genre and see if any of these ideas work um and so i made sort of an art art you know a, a monster movie short um where the girl is a monster and the boy has his eyes sewn shut um and it's sort of fantastical and weird and um, if you look in the girl's eyes, uh, the monster, you know, you, you, your, your insides sort of explode and you start bleeding out from all your orifices. Um, and, but the boy can't see her. So he's safe. Um, and so I made this little like 16, 17 minutes short and, uh, and I ended up getting in a lot of festivals, um, including the Rhode Island, uh, festival and, um, and so that gave me the success of that short gave me the confidence to kind of continue forward and say, okay, maybe I, I can do that. Let's try it more. Um, and so, you know, with the short, I similarly, similarly didn't have a score. Um, it was very quiet and I, you know, that was influenced by no country for old men. And, um, I was interested in exploring that further with the feature. Um, but it, so I, I wrote the feature, um, it took a really long time to develop it. Uh, um, I, I worked with my, my my best friend who produced ended up producing the feature. Of, uh, he's Austrian and uh, he lives in Vienna, so I ended up moving to Vienna and living in Vienna for three years. Okay. Um, the film itself is technically Austrian. Um, it was financed in Austria. Uh, it was and partially we got a grant in Canada where we ended up shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a really long road to get it made. I mean, um, we, my 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 friend who's Austrian, and then the DP who I ended up working with, and, and a bunch of the crew who were my friends from Austria, we all really wanted to make the feature together. And that's sort of difficult because of the setup of the funding system over there. Then it's not really set up for American filmmakers. But um, but we sort of were really determined to do it, and we and we found a way. Um, you know, a lot of thanks go to uh, Robert Eggers, um, who coincidentally I had met through a mutual friend. Uh, we were both in the wedding party. Um, uh, he was the best man and I was a groomsman. And, and this was before he was trying to make The Witch and I was trying to make The Dark. And he ended up making The Witch and uh, a few other movies you may have heard of. Uh, <laughs> and um and and so, but this was, I think, this was before the lighthouse, but it was after the witch. Um, and he had shot the witch in Canada using the same 
tax incentive tax uh no, sorry not tax incentive uh, uh grants okay. um and so he sort of you know shed light on that and sort of gave me some 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 insight and some and some um uh advice and and that really uh, had we not had that conversation had he not sort of pointed me in that direction i'm not sure we ever make the film to be honest Hmm. Um, because that, that amount of funding really put us over the top because, um, the script itself is pretty small, but, uh, it's like my, my good Italian filmmaker friend said, when he read the script, he goes, man, you wrote every production challenge you could possibly write into your first feature, hmm. <laughs> um, with dealing with, you know, child, child actors and, and dealing with prosthetics where, I mean, almost every frame of the film is these kids and, uh they had extensive prosthetics uh mm -hmm. makeup you know that that was taking three hours to put on in the morning and two and a half hours to take off at night and um so and you know and and the movie sort of lives or lives or dies on that makeup working yeah um so you really needed uh we we needed to work with uh a, a reputable good company which we did with masters effects uh, masters effects um and uh yeah. So it was just, you know, there was, um, but that was an exciting time and I love that film. I mean, it, it works and all, you know, I, um, I'm very proud of it. It's really sort of whatever was in my head sort of ended up on screen and, um, it really, uh, and it was different, you know, it's, I, I know some people get pissed off because it's not true horror or something. I don't know. I think it's pretty horrific. Um, but uh, but I wanted to tell a story about abuse, you know, and yeah. I wanted to be true um, to that experience as much as I could, even if it meant sometimes making decisions. You know, I think going into that film, we talked, I talked with everyone and I just said, you know, look, the North Star is these kids and we got to represent these kids and we got to tell their stories. And, and even if it's hard, um, that, that's that's our mission. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and that film, you know, it it uh, went to a lot of festivals and um, got distributed, and you know, sort of gave me my foot in the door. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and then I don't know. Am I just rambling? Should I? <laughs> well, I just I was just gonna say, like, I love this idea of um, what what horror is, right? Yeah. And I think it really is like in the eye of the beholder, right? So it's kind of what you find to be horror. And I love that you're just going in your direction rather than trying to find this like cookie cutter formula, which we're all tired of. Um, and people are saying actively that they're tired of, but people are so contradicting because one minute they'll say, oh, there's no original horror. Then someone does an original horror. Then they're complaining that that's not horror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also love that you find horror even in like you you gained influence from uh, No Country for Old Men, which yeah. is not horror, but it's kind of chilling. That's a chilling movie. Like there are some I, there that are. I maintain that's a horror film. And yeah, I know. Yeah. I know everybody yeah. says it's not, and I know it's. I know they didn't intend it to be. That is, I was physically angry at the end of that movie <laughs> that those <laughs> filmmakers made me feel the way I felt. I mean, it was it was so um affecting and, and part of the reason why for, for, from my perspective was the lack of music um they were they were not going to tell us how to feel they were not going to give us that easy way out of being you know like that it was going to be on us to yeah. sort of figure out how we felt about the things we were watching um and they weren't going to guide our hands and it was um 
it was so affecting to me and, and, and it wasn't for the same reason with, with the dark, but I, but I think, you know, it was, it was, I knew that the dark was going to be a tightrope to walk, Mm -hmm. um, you know, given the, the, the main character and the thing she does, um, you know, in that film, we sort of were always saying everybody's a monster and nobody's a monster. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, as we went through it and just sort of, you know, trying to allow, find that that balance of allowing the audience in to to find some empathy with this girl but also witness the things yeah. that she does um so yeah i mean i that that film i thought no country was was incredibly it was it was really affecting to me um that's one of my favorite movies when i first seen that movie i was like holy shit like <laughs> I, I had to watch it a few times i'm like oh man it still holds up you know yeah so, yeah no, it's amazing. I mean, it's really, and it took me a while, you know, to, um, it's weird with me. Sometimes the movies that affect me the most, like that I love the most, sometimes I can't go back and watch them because mm-hmm. they, because of what they made me feel. I mean, 28 days later was a film that I saw in the, in yep. the theaters and scared the living shit out yes. of me. <laughs> um, and I have the DVD, like, I know nobody does DVDs anymore, but you know, at the time, like it came out the minute it came out, I bought it. I have never once watched that DVD. <laughs> I, I have it. And it's just like, there's never a moment where it's like, Oh, you know what? I want to feel the thing that I yeah. felt in that theater. Yeah. You know, when I watched that movie, it's just like, it's, um, yeah, it's a struggle. I, I am a, I am a fearful person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. And so it's weird that I ended up, you know, in horror, but, um, because I still struggle watching hard. So your story just really explains something to me. And I think it also explains why you do horror Mm -hmm. Um, watching the visitor, which we're going to get to in a a little bit, but like watching the visitor, one of the things that struck me and I really appreciate it was the atmosphere you build and the, the feel of the film. Like I felt caught, up in that feeling and you're kind of describing like your influences are kind of like the feeling you get from a film so it makes sense that you make films that like send like a strong feeling like a sense of uh in the visitor a lot of the time is like a sense of like something's off right Mm -hmm. um and i felt that the entire time and it made me just want to like be very curious throughout the whole film so kind of like going into the visitor a little bit, I wanted to give you an opportunity to give our listeners a summary of that, what that film's about. Um, and just for people listening, this is going to be out on October 7th on uh, digital and demand, I believe. And then it'll be out on Ep- epics in December. Mm-hmm. Get that right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it comes out on Friday on uh digital on demand and then yeah, December on epics. And then, yeah, I think that's, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so this is the first film that I didn't write uh, that I've directed, um, which was exciting for me. It's really always something that I've wanted to do because I kind of consider myself a director first. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, you know, it's sort of like I always say, you know, you know I, t- I mentioned Poltergeist, for instance, or like The Thing, you know, these are two of my favorite horror films that I watch and I'm like, God, I wish I directed this, movie, you know, but there's no way I would write either of those movies. It doesn't mean that I don't, you know, I actually love them and I love what, you know, but, um, but it's just not, it's just not sort of what would, what I would write. Um, and, 
you know, but that doesn't mean that I don't love them and I couldn't direct them. Uh, so I, so I really, you know, wanted to open that door at some point, um, and start exploring other people's sure. minds and things that come to their minds. Um, and so this is the, that the first opportunity for that, um, and, uh, which was very exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a story about, uh, this couple, Robert and Maya, um, they move from London where they were living um, to Maya's hometown, um, which is sort of general small town, you know, uh, not, not anything specific. Um, but they moved to her childhood home uh, because her father has recently passed away. And um, as they're moving in, Robert is goes up to the attic and he finds a painting uh of himself basically or or someone that looks exactly like him and he uh you know it's like an earworm that that it just he can't let it go and he sort of tumbles down this rabbit hole of trying to figure out who this guy is in this painting that looks exactly like him and uh you know the truths that he uncovers are probably much bigger uh and more severe than anything he anticipated in the beginning um so yeah i mean that's that's sort of the long and short of it nice nice so now this film is part of a blumhouse television epics deal that was announced back in 2021 to develop and produce like eight horror movies exclusively for the network how does it feel Mm -hmm. to have your film in such a powerhouse deal like this and how did you get involved with that well i mean it feels great you know anytime uh as a horror director you know i think that you you kind of get approached by a company like blumhouse or you get the opportunity to work with blumhouse that's pretty exciting um so and it's something you know that's really that you really have to think hard about and want to do um so that said i mean you know they had they had seen uh my my previous work um and uh also, uh, the the writers um, we we share uh, managers, oh. um, and so I think I think specifically Adam Mason had seen The Dark and really liked it, um, and so I think he suggested me or put me up, you know, for this and said I really think he'd be good, and so we started having discussions. I read the script, you know, I I, I talked a bunch with with Blumhouse. Um, and uh and and we ended up thinking it was a good fit and so um you know it was it was really exciting and it was it was it was a it was a wild ride it, was, it moved very fast mm. um you know going from the indie world where sort of you know it's this pushing a boulder up a hill sort of thing you know with with the dark i think it took me six years to get that movie made mm. um and then in this with this it was like i think i got the job on like a Thursday and I was home packing and off to New Orleans, you know, like a week later, um, you know, in prep. So it was much faster. Um, but, uh, but you know, it, it, it was, it was great. That's pretty badass, man. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It was, it was very exciting. Um, you know, and it was a bigger, it was, this was probably, you know, not, not that these were enormous budgets and they were, they were different sort of setups. So they're doing eight films, you know, but they're all standalone films. They're not yeah. related to each other. 
Um, so, but, but we're using similar crews and, and things like that. You know, there's a lot of carryover in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of a hybrid film TV model in a way. Um, but, uh, in, just in the sense that it moves really fast and, and, you know, um, you're not necessarily as a director picking all your department heads or anything like that, you know, like you're kind of coming into a well, well-oiled machine. Um, and uh and 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 going from there but that said there's a ton of support and creative freedom and and uh um that that blumhouse you know was was uh allowing and 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 encouraging um and then we had enough of a budget uh that it you know really let me uh, flex maybe flex some 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 sort of creative muscles that I that I hadn't been able to in the past, you know, um, and and sort of explore and try new things in, in in ways that I hadn't in the past. So there are some sequences in the, in the sequences in this film that I that I love and had a lot of fun creating. All right, I, I'm gonna get to those. Uh, I gotta I gotta tell you. So my my wife doesn't like horror, so when I watch a horror movie, she she does not want to see it. Um, but she was coming in and out and I'm like, Oh, Oh. And I would pause and be like, what just happened? So, and I was like going into it and she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, when you get lost in a movie and you just get so excited, I I was literally like coming up off the couch and I'm like, no, 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 this is the big like reveal. Like this is insane. Um, and some of the shots were beautiful. So kudos to you, man. Uh, oh, thank you. It's it's Josh's uh, anniversary, so he wanted to give a shout out to his wife right there. Yeah, <laughs> happy anniversary. She's still happy working. anniversary. Yeah, thirteen. <laughs> uh, sometimes happy years. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You're married. I, you you probably get it. Um, it's our anniversary, and we both had to, things to do today, so uh, we'll celebrate at a later time. We don't need That's to how know. It works. We don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> If she's listening, I love you. She doesn't listen to the podcast at all. <laughs> of course not. Uh, so I got a question. How was it working with uh, Finn Jones and Jessica McNee on the film? Like, they're pretty well-known actresses. Yeah. Uh, well, it was great. I mean, I, you know, um, I, I had worked with, I've, you know, had experience, but I mean, ultimately you're working with it, you know, it, it doesn't really matter that much about what, whether they're known or, or what they've done before. It's just, they, as long as they come prepared, you know, for the, for the thing at hand. And, um, and, uh, you know, Finn, I had spoken to, um, prior to filming when we were just, you know, deciding whether it was something for him and we had a long discussion and, um, he really liked the project and had ideas and, um, uh, and, and we, you know, we realized, I think it was important to both of us that we had a form of communication that was symbiotic, you know, that we could, that we could, um, be honest and open with each other. And, and I thought we both felt that, you know, it was a good fit. Um, and we wanted to make a, some, you know, the same movie. Um, so that was exciting. And similarly with Jess, um, you know, I think for me, it was important, you know, I think from really the first time uh or as we were i think maybe it was the first round of notes we were kind of going through the script and it just sort of i think we we're on a zoom call or something and just it, suddenly like the reality of maya's character hit me mm. and i was just like 
this is a really interesting story. <laughs> like her her backstory and what she's gone through, and 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 I, I just it just re- I just really started to empathize with that character in a way that I said, you know, and it was important to Jess too when we first spoke that this not just be a character that is sort of there in service of Robert, you know, like I want, she needed to have a voice and she needed to, to, to have a say in sort of the proceedings of what she'd gone through. Um, Cause you know, I think they're both sort of kind of tragic characters in a way. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, having somebody that was on board with that and then having two actors that, um, you know, in the, in the lead roles that, you know, ultimately I think I pushed the movie a bit more in the, in the direction of a two-hander, um, uh, you know, keeping track of that and, and, and being a team to, to work and make that work, um, was, was really important. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was thrilled to be able to work with both of them. Uh, they had a really great chemistry, uh, from the, from day one, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we went to dinner when they both arrived and, uh, uh, they they both took an Uber together to dinner and never they showed up cracking up and they, I guess they had just the Uber driver let one of them put their iPhone on and they were just blaring music and singing at the top of their lungs through New Orleans all the way to dinner um, and they had met like five seconds before um, so yeah so it was it was you know um, it was a really good pairing nice yeah you could see it on film too so mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, so glad, yeah. yeah. So Simon Boys and Adam Mason were the writers of this film, and they also wrote films such as Songbird, Broken, Blood River, and The Devil's Chair. You stated after finishing the <clears throat> your first reading of The Visitor, you were left with a question lingering in your mind, one that haunted you for a while. For years, you said that played much control. Like, you know, I like you said, I really the person have so much control how much control does a person have over themselves of who they become did you ever find that answer no i think that i'm not sure i'll ever find that answer Uh, um yeah look i mean this is it's like i said in a way you know when you're when you're deciding whether a project's right for you and and whether you know it's obviously you want the script to be good. You want to sort of be excited by some visuals or some influences or things like that. But really, um, you know, what sort? I think what makes, takes a movie from just being sort of a competent thing or whatever, or, or you know, or, or a breezy watch, is if you, as a director, can say that you have an, a perspective on the proceedings, you know, and like something you can add. And for me. Um, I think it's like I said, you know, the Maya and Robert characters for me felt a bit tragic. Um, And, you know, looking at my first film and what it deals with. And, you know, I I definitely in my work have explored whether it be cycles of abuse or family dynamics or, you know, this idea of sort of are we formed by our environment before we really have a say on who we want to be and you know um and there are all you know there are ideologies and systems of power and oppression that are around us at all you know and we're born into that context Mm -hmm. um and you know to to if you're not sort of um 
aware of it or or constantly sort of, you know, thinking critically about it, then it can sort of form you. And I think maybe, you know, even on a personal, you know, uh, that's how abuse becomes a cycle, you know, is, is the uh, basically, you know, speaking generally, you know, in, in maybe horror terms or something, you know, the power of evil is fleeting as long as nobody you know, makes the conscious decision to take up the mantle, you know, it's, it's up to us to, you know, it, it can end at a certain point, you know, um, but, 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 but we have to make that decision and make that choice. Uh, somebody, you know, each of us has to sort of in a way, you know, um, and so it's like, I, I, I think it's interesting with this movie in a way that like Margaret and, and Kathy and Maxwell Braun are, are, are sort of the heroes of the story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they're the ones putting it all on the line, trying to subvert or change the trajectory of this, you know, uh, evil, uh, ideology or, or whatever that, you know, that, that, that's, that's unfolding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the ones who really have control over it, which are Robert and Maya, you know, that these are two characters that are sort of, you know, um, they have the power and the privilege to sort of do something different and make a change. And, um, and uh, what makes them tragic is that they, they both sort of fall in line and, um, you know, they're, they're, presented with ways out and they instead choose to honor this legacy and they sort of succumb to their, um, their legacy. Um, and so that's, for me, that's, that's sort of tragic and it's not, it's a tragedy of them. It's a tragedy of a lot of people, you know, a tragedy of the world maybe. Um, and not to get too, you know, high-minded, it's a, it's still a fun horror movie. Um, but I think, I guess that's why I, why I end up finding horror as being like a good, um metaphor right vehicle for me uh, as a filmmaker is because i think i tend to be kind of tend to sort of veer more towards like i'm i'm very i'm like emotional and 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 uh um maybe a little cerebral and 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 pretty earnest and um and so that the sort of darkness and 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 the the things you know the things that horror the elements that horror can kind of add you know it's like these two things colliding um it sort of makes them they're 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 interesting bedfellows you know um whereas if i'm just one you know then it's just earnest and sort of cheesy (laughs) like and and nobody wants to hear me preach um but the horror kind of makes the makes the pill go down i think um so uh you know uh, yeah i mean who knows if that all comes through but but um that sort of uh those are the themes of the things that i was seeing in the film and yeah you know like i i guess that was from that that statement i'd written it's just that um there is that is you know when you're making a horror film it's like i'm looking at i'm like what is where's the fear what am i afraid of Hmm. you know here and um and that idea does haunt me um sort of I, I'm hey, I'm a control freak. I'm a director, you know. I I I it it sort of scares the the hell out of me that uh that I am not, you know, micromanaging who I am and who I become and you know, and that I'm that I'm affected by these outside 
um, things that I'm, and that I'm affected by things that have happened to me in the past, you know, and, and that it, and that they formed me as I am now. And, and, and so, and what does that mean? You well, know, think what about, is, think about this though, earlier you had mentioned how, when you were in film school, um, like you have all these ideas you have any, and you inherently you kind of want control, but then like your, uh, teacher comes up to you and he says, just do the exact opposite of whatever your instinct is telling you. And you right, right there have that choice. Do I do what I know and what's com- comfortable and I feel like I have control over, or do I take a chance and make this totally different project that goes against everything I know? And you decided I'm going to take that guy's advice and I'm going to follow that. And then here you are today. So I think when we That's look perfect. at like, <laughs> we all have these backgrounds and these things that happen and we can't control that piece of it. But what we can't control is some of the choices we make. And exactly. Yeah. That, and I that think inherent like ends up becoming like bring us to where we become, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is, you know, I think if I write this movie, you know, I maybe have a, I, I, I maybe am sort of, there's something in me that maybe pushes them to do the right thing or something, you know, like I, and so it was, it was interesting to, to do something that was, you know, that, that was in the script that, you know, maybe wasn't narratively what, what I sort of wanted to happen, but at the same time it felt dark and it felt really tragic in a way that was interesting to me and maybe more effective than, than maybe what I would have done, what my instincts would have gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, you know, at the same time, I'm making it sound like this really, really heavy film, which it's really not. Um, but I mean, that's sort of the thing, you know, it's like when you look at when you watch Rosemary's Baby, you watch The Wicker Man, you know, they're and, and what I also find interesting about those films that I sort of was interested with this film as well is tonally um, that they're both really off kilter and, and weird and um, sometimes kind of funny. Um, you know, and, and you don't remember these films as funny at all. Um, but you know, there's like that scene in Rosemary's baby where Rosemary's on the phone and, and the, the, the people in the building are, they were in this like wide shot and they're just like creeping by the doorway behind her, you know? And it's like, it's very much shot like a comedy, you know, (laughs) like, like with the, with the sort of, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, dramatic irony or whatever that you, and, and so you know, and, and the cast of it are these big, big characters in that film, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I thought it was interesting that these, these films are held up as these terrifying, terrifying movies, but, you know, tonally they're, they're kind of not, uh, super oppressive, mm. you know? The, uh, so, so, were there any like problems going in, like knowing that you're not the writer, but you're the director? Were there any issues like right off the bat where you were like, oh, I can't do this? Uh, no, not no, not really. I mean, um, you know, and that's and that's not really a testament to me as much as it is to to both Blumhouse and then also Adam and Simon um, to Blumhouse being open to, 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 you know, creative freedom and ideas. And then Adam and Simon sort of being generous artists, you know, who kind of understood that uh, everybody sort of wants to make the best film and best version of this film as possible. And so, um, and, and then, you know, and then I, I felt the responsibility to make 
again, the best version of the film they wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, so there really were, there was no loggerheads or anything. This was really, um, it was really a, a pretty copacetic, you know, experience. That's pretty awesome. Um, there were also, so you, you spoke earlier of this, there were some really unique shots in this. Um, mm. one of, one of them was, uh, where the guy falls down. Um, and it, it was just shot really beautifully. And I was like, Oh, wow, that's really something. Um, and I just wanted your, your feeling on like, what's your feeling on making those kind of shots? Because they're really out of the box shots. And also, is it hard to direct shots like that where they're just unique, just in uh, camera angles and things like that and actor performances? It's really the most fun. It's why I fell in love with directing once. And I was really in that class where we, you know, we would watch these movies shot by shot and um, there was a really interesting uh, um, exercise. I remember that that teacher did where he went around the room and he had, and he had a shot that was on screen and he was like, what does this shot feel like? And everybody would get all analytical and say, Oh, well, it's, he's thinking this. And he was like, no, that's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what does this shot feel like? And going around the room and it just took a really long time for someone to, you know, for, for, for us to start to talk and, for our vocabulary for shots to start being, you know, feelings, uh, which they really are and should be. That's what sort of drives, um, you know, uh, the, the visual language. And so, you know, with each film, that's, that's really, you know, I storyboard everything. And it's really because I don't really believe in wasted shots. You know, I think yeah. every, every shot should mean something and have a reason to be there. And, um, and and luckily, you know, when I worked with Fede Verardi, who's my DP on this film, you know, when we first met, it was just like we were both like, yeah, we we both sort of share that um, that idea. And so there wasn't a lot of, you know, two camera shooting, you know, type of situations. There was some in this movie, but just for time and stuff. But for everything, it was everything needed to be intentional. You know, we wanted everything to be specific because it didn't ha- just happen that way. You know, we we this was all designed. Um, and, uh, so, you know, with those shots, it's about, a, it's, you know, it's evoking a feeling, but there's also an element of what I was able to do maybe, um, you know, knowing that I had a bit of a broader palette or whatever, um, maybe some more toys to play with. It enabled me to, to do some things that maybe I hadn't in the past. Um, but it was really, it's all really, you know, uh, about subjectivity of characters and, you know, uh, I think you're talking about the shot where Finn falls backwards in the bar. Well, that was Um, just an example, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a fun, that was a fun shot. It was something that occurred to me and it was just sort of, you know, uh, just at the point of the movie, you sort of, it gave us, gave us a, a feeling of sort of, you know, his headspace and where, where he is. And, you know, it's really feels like we're sort of falling into something. Hmm. Um, uh, and, and that's the beginning of that starting to shift. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, there are d- different shots. Um, there's, there's a fun shot that I really love that's sort of, uh, rotating down as, you know, in, in the ceremony at the end where, uh, the shots are sort of falling, rotating down onto Finn's face. And it feels like we're somehow descending into his brain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, for me anyway, like that's it. And, um, and then we jump into his, his subconscious, um, things like that were really fun to, to work with. Um, you know, expressive cameras is, is I, that's what I find that, you know, you see that a lot more in, uh, in horror than, you know, um, and, uh, it's probably, you know, that's why it's so fun to direct is it's so manipulative and you're really, it's very, it's a really active, mm-hmm. you know, medium of directing. Um, whereas uh, maybe some others are, are more about, you know, stepping back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, there was, there was a lot of room to, 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 to have fun and explore, but I, I honestly, I think maybe my favorite scene is the dinner table scene mm-hmm. um, where they're just, you know, because it's, I guess for me, it's like, those are the hardest scenes to direct in a way, in a way, because how do you make that interesting? Two people sitting at a table, yeah. you know, yeah. and, um, and really sort of pick, can't choose uh, shots that uh, are expressive, but not over the top that says, this is more than what it is, which is actually two people at a table. So you maybe see, you know, at the beginning of that scene, um, it's it's subtle, but it's just you know there's there's a there's a shot of Finn which feels um, like he's a bit smaller in frame and 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 he's sort of normalized in, in the frame, and then her shot is low angle, um, you know, so she kind of feels more domineering in the frame, and these are just over the shoulder shots, you know, they're 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 not you know. Uh, but it's important, I think, as a director to remember that over the, you know, nothing's just an over the shoulder shot, you know, uh, if it's just that, then don't do it, you know, think about what, what, is there a way to make this shot more expressive and say something with it? Um, you know, that, uh, that, that is, that is pertinent to the scene and, and gives the viewer a feeling and nobody's saying, Oh, this shot's low angle. She must be really you know powerful, but it just feels different, you know, and it just kind of makes you feel like... Hmm? I think it's subliminal, like some of well, the exactly. I, yeah, I, message through the through the angle. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and I think that's the idea. You know, you're talking about sort of having like having this sort of oppressive feeling or something, feeling like things are off. Like camera can do that, and it doesn't. You know, and it doesn't necessarily. You might not know that it's doing it. You know, and it and it shouldn't. It should be subtle, but I mean, but but the angles that you choose can make you feel. Ooh you know something's weird about this yeah. <laughs> so uh justin i'm gonna ask you this question let's say you're you're the main character in this film okay mm-hmm. how long do you stay in this town with your <laughs> with your wife <laughs> like do you see it through are you curious and you're gonna get to the bottom of this or do you see that painting in the attic and you get the hell out Oh man. I mean, well, sadly I have to say, I'm probably the guy that does stay or stick around. Um, <laughs> I'm such a, like a pleaser. Like I, you know, if, if she wants to be there, I'm probably going to find out, do as much as I can to, to, you know, um, I did, I did sort of, you know, see a little bit of myself in Robert in the beginning, um, where he just, he's just a normal guy who just sort of wants to, you know, be a good partner and, you know, and, and, and make everybody happy, you know, <laughs> in a sort of way. Um, and uh yeah so but but i don't know i mean i um the painting would be a little freaky (laughs) for sure 
Um, but I'm not sure I would have ever found the painting. I'd have that, you know, nightmare and I, or, you know, go into a creepy attic. I don't go into, I don't go into creepy attics. Um, I don't go into basements or attics. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure it would, uh, they would have had to, you know, tie me up and put me up there to find that painting. But, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, the town is kind of fun. It's weird. I, I had somebody ask me recently in one of these, in one of the interviews, they said, you know, did you change your perspective on small towns? Like I almost as if, like I had a vendetta against small towns <laughs> and I was like, I got no problem with small towns. I live in a small town. I live in the mountains of California, you know, like, um my my parents grew up in a very small town in upstate new york um so you know certainly wasn't i certainly have no problem with small towns yeah yeah well justin this this film the visitor was really creepy uh really compelling uh, i found myself the whole time kind of wanting to know where this is going to go so mm-hmm. and you just created such an excellent atmosphere and vibe in this movie uh thank so you really well done and yeah, it made me really mad. <laughs> at the end of it, I was like yelling at the TV in my classic <laughs> style. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. You know, uh, mm. some it's I I hate to say it, a lot of films in the genre don't make you feel, and this one did. Mm-hmm. So you know, that oh, says good to lot. hear. Yeah, it says yeah, a lot. Good to hear, I bet. Yeah. So we're just happy that you had taken your uh, teacher's advice and just. Yeah, <laughs> left field with everything, and you know, congrats. Thank Eric Mendelson. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you. Congratulations! Over, you'll be writing a thank you letter. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it doesn't. Such a great uh, lesson for people, though, is yeah. sometimes you do have to just kind of go with what your gut's telling you, and sometimes that's to get away from the comfort zone or from what yeah. you you normally would do. So, um, you know, you can't really uh, explore everything if you just always do what only what you know so i think that's a great exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so everybody make sure you check out the visitor october 7th on digital and on demand um and then in december on epics if you're going to wait for for it to uh come on there justin do you have anything coming on next and do you want to tell people where else they can find you on social media or anything oh god i'm such a luddite um i i, I have instagram <laughs> okay. and that's it and that's it. Um, so I think people can find me there. It's JP underscore Lang. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't have anything imminent. I, I'm working on a bunch of projects um, that we're trying to get up and running. Not everything goes in a week. Uh, mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I just adapted a, uh, a uh, horror uh, limited series that I did a pilot for that we're trying to get up and going that I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, so hopefully, you know, hopefully more in the near future. Cool. That's awesome, man. Hey, thank you for letting us be your first podcast ever, by the way. Yeah, it's very exciting. I can't wait to. <laughs> yes. Appreciate it, guys. No thanks problem. a lot. And uh, thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and have a great night.
game over.